With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, October 27th. Lots of ATP action for us to discuss on today's podcast. Of course, we've got the 500 event in Vienna, the 250 event in North Sultan, a couple of challengers for us to digest. There's ITF action going on across the globe. Overall, the tennis world keeps rolling, although I will notice the lack of WTA events this week. I know, again, the prize money situations, the sponsors, getting a city, getting a facility to agree to host an event. It's never easy, particularly in the midst of a global pandemic. And it goes without saying the WTA did everything in its power. It had hoped to hold on to the fall Asian portion swing of their season. They had hoped to be able to play some matches there down the home stretch of October and into November. Obviously, those matches got canceled when the government of China shut down all international sporting events for the remainder of the season. And unfortunately, the WTA wasn't able to find too many makeup dates. We still have one more event to go in Linz, but you know, it does, it is noticed the lack of women's matches this week. Of course, it helps when we have so many spectacular ATP events for us tennis fans to digest. So that is what we are going to be talking about today. It will be just me steering the ship. And of course, the reason I'm able to do this day in, day out here on our Crack Rackets podcast, because of the support we get not only from you amazing listeners, not only from our incredible Crack Rackets Patreon family. But of course, from our sponsors at Midwest Sports and Aerobar as well. You know the deal, folks. We here at Cracked Rackets try to do three things. We want to look good. We want to feel good so that when we're out on court, we want to play good. And we hope to help you do that as well. That's where our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar come in. You go to Midwest Sports, you'll find any tennis piece of tennis equipment you are looking for. All of the best brands, the best deals as well. And you'll get a little bit extra if you use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order free. Two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75 and best of all a free can of Wilson extra duty tennis balls just go to midwestsports.com use that promo code CR15 go to aerobar.com and use our promo code cracked15 to get yourself the only tennis specific energy bars in the business you know the deal more potassium than a banana delicious cinnamon honey oat and chocolate chip flavor best of all comes with the podcast our getting to the point episodes where we focus on the importance of nutrition and fitness in the modern game the way you can support our friends at aerobar going to their website aerobar.com purchasing yourself some energy bars. Use our promo code CRACKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. And again, look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. All right, with that in mind, let's talk about Monday's action. And, you know, is there probably a tangent or two in me at this point? Yeah, I'm sure. So I'm not going to guarantee anything. I do think today's podcast will end up on the shorter side. Because, again, Monday we still had some qualifying matches that needed to finish up. We still had, you know, just the first wave of first-round matches uh, across these different events. So let's talk about them now. And let's start with the action in Vienna, where, again, we've got an ATP 500 this week. So many of the 
top players in the world are participating, are in action at this event now. You know, we still had to wait until today, Tuesday, to see Novak Djokovic, Dominic Team, the number one and two seeds uh, in action. But yesterday, we were treated to some really fun matches. And let's start uh, with, in my opinion, the best performance on the day. Number five seed, Andre Rublev, just continues to roll through this 2020 season. I'm legitimately unsure of how one beats Andre Rublev on an indoor hard court. I mean, short of being Novak Djokovic, short of being Rafael Nadal, if you, you got to take it to him. you got to take time away. And even when you can, eventually he'll get a clean look and a point or two, and then he takes control of the point. I mean, he just continues to rock and roll. His fitness looks better and better. Uh, he continues. Obviously, that backhand side is getting more improved as well. He's comfortable taking it down the line, comfortable driving it cross court. You can see him slowly working in some slices, but more importantly, him trying to, you know, understanding if he can finish points at the net, move forward, that's going to be a big piece of his game moving forward. And, you know, he just continues to look more and more comfortable. I would love to see him develop, I would say, a little bit more bite on that ad side kick serve, not because it's a glaring deficit, but simply because I think if he can set up on that ad point, uh, ad side, just big kick serves out wide, first forehands inside in or inside out, and obviously he does that with fairly frequency, but that's going to be his go-to play, and you can just see the shades. It's already really, really good. Oh, the racket speed he's able to generate, the pace he can produce on the ball, that combination has a chance to be elite. You know, for Gombos, he did his best. He took big cracks, but ultimately just did not, was not able to move well enough to withstand the pace of Andre Rublev. Three and two victory for the number five seed. We did have a couple of seeds knocked out yesterday. We saw the number seven and eight seeds, Gael Monfils and Denis Shapovalov losing their matches to Pablo Carreno Busta and Yuri Rodionov, respectively. Let's just quickly, on the guy on feast note, he was so good at the start of this 2020 season. And, you know, it's so unfortunate for all of us as tennis fans that Gael just didn't, he hasn't really looked healthy uh, since he's come back, since the season restarted. Obviously didn't play uh, in New York and then, you know, not the best clay court swing either. So, you know, Pablo Carreno Busta playing really, really well. He is still absolutely in the hunt to qualify for that final spot for the year-end championships. And, you know, you kind of expected him to win this match. 6-1-2-0, unfortunately, Monfils having to retire with injury. Uh, But again, this one only an upset on paper uh, because there's a seed next to Monfi's names. DraftKings had Pablo Carreno Busta as the favorite, and I think this is not a result that shocks us. Although, of course, we are hoping Gael and wishing him a speedy recovery as we head towards the 2021 season. For Denis Shapovalov, a 4-5 and five loss to Yuri Rodionov, the number that stood out, the thing that was making the waves following this match, obviously, for Shapovalov, 10 double faults in this match. He's 9 of 24 on second serve points, but, you know, essentially 9 of 14 when he's making the serve, 10 of those second serve points, obviously double faults, and yeah, I mean... It just it was a sloppy match for him, and you know he was broken serve three times. He only was able to break once. And for Yuri Rodionov, the talented lefty, uh, you know he is a guy who uh, the Austrian. If you are a tennis nerd, if you're a tennis hipster, you're someone who likes to follow the challenger rankings. You're someone who's like, well, you know. I really like the top of the game, but I think the real action happens at the challengers. Those are my favorite matches, which is just... Look, I get the take. As someone who grew up watching a lot of Livestream.com slash ATP, loving the challenger action, loving to see... You know, I loved watching for the 97s, the 98 American men, the Tommy Paul Fritz, Opelka, Tiafo, Kozlov generation rising through the challenger ranks. Those are some of my fondest memories as a tennis fan. That being said... 
I think that take gets a little bit. See, this is the tangent I told you that might end up happening. Anyone who says they like the challengers more than the pro tournaments, they're lying to themselves. They're not lying, you know, not, not only to you, to themselves. I think we all love it all. Um, and it, yes, as fun as it is to watch the grind, who doesn't love the big stage? Why it's so fun to enjoy the challengers, this is how I bring the point full circle, is because anyone who has knows this is the level Yuri Rodionov has showed, particularly on indoor hard courts of late for Rodionov, the lefty. He hits the big game. He, you know, not afraid to serve and volley, not afraid to take it to you. He'll throw in the backhand slice, chip and charge behind it. The lefty forehand, If for those of you who have watched Yuri Vesely of late, it looks fairly similar. I mean, they both play big, imposing games. And obviously for Rodionov, you know, the 21-year-old born in 1999, he's had a really good season. Uh, you know, won the challenger in Dallas indoor hard court, followed that up with a win in challenger in Mexico on the hard courts as well. He finds himself now, you know, I believe right on the precipice of the top 100 and win the, with this victory, actually, Rodionov now advancing, I believe, to a new career high in the live rankings. Yuri Rodionov currently sitting, yeah, at a new career high of, that's really unfortunate that I had it pulled up and it just refreshed on me, but he's sitting inside the top 150 for the first time in his career, new career high in the live rankings of 142. Uh, for a 21-year-old top 150, that's where you want to to be again of course we all love you know Shapovalov is inside the top 20 and he's already you know and he's 21 years old he and Rodionov the same age but it's not always that you know that quick the jump the transition from you know the bottoms of the rankings to the top of the game and Yuri Rodionov the steady progression I just I love his development I love the power the hubris he plays with he hits his shots and in this match you know he only made 57 percent of his first serves but he lost 16 total points on 58 service points so you know he was 76% on the first serve, 68% on the second serve, and just kept attacking, kept taking it to a Denis Shapovalov, who clearly, you know, a little bit injured, a little bit banged up, did not have his best performance today, and was clearly getting frustrated uh, by his own serving issues throughout the match, but credit to Yuri Rodionov, who took this match from Shapovalov. You know, Shapovalov didn't hand it to him. Rodionov played, you know, played an aggressive game style, as he so frequently does, and it was a really high level of tennis, so credit to the wild card. Great victory for him. In terms of the other results on the day, just two real quick. Borna Chorich, really solid 6-4, 6-4 victory over Taylor Fritz. Chorich starting to play that tennis we saw at the end of 2018 and, you know, throughout early in his career when all the promising signs were there. He's starting to play his best tennis again. He's clearly healthy for the first time in a while, and this was just a a 4-4. Four four. It wasn't an easy win, but it was a comfortable win. He was the one, you know, moving Fritz side to side, wasn't overwhelmed by the Fritz server firepower. Very good victory for him. And then, you know, the most fun of the match of the day by scoreline, Kevin Anderson, 6-7, 6-4, 7-6, six, 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 over Dennis Novak. You know, it helps when you're six foot eight and you're playing in an indoor hard court uh, to when you have those conditions on your side for Kevin Anderson in this match. 53 of 63 on his first serve points, 20 of 40 on second serve points. He popped 18 aces during the match, and I mean, you know, he was only broken once uh, on one break point chance. He created nine break point chances for himself, was only able to convert two of them. 8-6 in the third set breaker. Dennis Novak was right there. Dennis Novak has played some really good tennis, and you talk about someone in the live rankings right now who's at or near their career high for Dennis Novak in this moment. 
point. Uh, the man is currently, I believe, at a uh, at number 92 in the world, which is just seven off his career high of number 85, but, you know, comfortably inside the top 100, and he should, at this point, end the season there. So, you know, would have loved to get that victory, but that was a fun match in either or. And again, to, you never want to face down the barrel of Kevin Anderson's serve indoors. Good victory for Anderson as he continues to try and find his health, his form, and get back towards the top of the men's game where he once was. That was Monday's action in Vienna. Again, fun matches for us on Tuesday. I talked about them on this morning's GSP Ace of the Day. But you've got battles between Dimitrov and Hatchinov. You've got Christian Guerin taking on Stan Wawrinka. Dominic Team in action. He's going to face Vitaly Sakchko. Uh, and I should say, bunch of lucky losers in the draw. We saw a couple of withdrawals. Obviously, there were action in Cologne, action in Antwerp. Some of those players were scheduled to play in Vienna. Uh, but some, you know, some benefit. You know, like so, Lorenzo Sinego, a lucky loser here this week. He's going to take on Dusan Lajevic today. Lorenzo Sinego could absolutely be in the draw on his own. Merit. So that Lajevic Sinego matchup is really, really fun. And again, we will talk about all of those matches tomorrow. It'll be great to see Djokovic team uh, back in action. Then the headliners, of course, Dimitrov, Hashinov, Garen, Wawrinka. Those will absolutely be fun ones to discuss. But let's move now to Nur Sultan. The action in Kazakhstan this week in ATP 250, also an indoor hard court event. Uh, we had a couple of seeds in action yesterday, both of them able to uh, escape with victories. Tommy Paul was down to Stefanos Travaglia in that first set, manages to get the break back. He takes a 7-6-6-3 victory. That helped for us because we had a Paul Rublev parlay on Monday that ended up hitting as a result of that TP win, but, and I suppose of the Rublev win, but that one felt a little bit less in doubt. But look, Tommy Paul's an incredible athlete indoors, and Stefano Travaglia is not a bad hardcourt player, but he just doesn't have the biggest weapons to hurt you in the way he can on the clay by hitting the ball behind you, working you around the court. And Tommy Paul had the biggest weapons. Tommy Paul played this match on his terms. He was the one more frequently than not at the net in comparison to Travaglia. Obviously, indoor hardcourts for Tommy Paul, you'd like to think he could track down almost any ball in that scenario. Obviously, an outstanding athlete, and you know, indoor hardcourts, the controlled surface. Now, for Tommy, a 50% first serve percentage, that's got to be better moving forward, but he won 81% of those first serve points, converted four of his eight breakpoint chances, safe six of the eight breakpoints he faced. Overall, it was good enough for TP to advance to round two. For Jordan Thompson, the number eight seed, he was on the precipice of defeat. Lost the first set 7-5, was 6-all in that second set breaker. Cam Norrie was Cam Noring, And again, Cam Norrie, someone who's an outstanding indoor hardcourt player, is really able to impose his variety to move you around the court, whether it be forehand, cross, forehand, cross, forehand, down the line. And of course, for him, he's a lefty in that backhand, more of a guiding shot than anything else. But I mean, Jordan Thompson made this match physical. Jordan Thompson tracked down every third, fourth, fifth extra ball and just kept for- forcing Nori, saying, okay, put me away, move forward, hit that approach shot, and Nori wasn't able to hit the decisive putaways that he needed. And, you know, again, this match in either or both, both guys 58 and 59% on the first serve, both guys over 50% of their second serve points won, 66% of their first serve points won. Uh, this was an absolute battle, and just in the end, you could tell for Nori after he lost that second set when, again, he was right there, had match point. He just 
what he wasn't able to get over that and then Thompson you know when you're in a third set with Jordan Thompson that's an awfully difficult place to be because again the guy is as physically uh, fit as any player on tour he makes just enough balls again did just enough taking the ball down the line keeping Nori honest uh, not allowing Nori to cheat over and hit forehands on the deuce side of the court Jordan Thompson advances 5-7-7-6-6-2 our other results on the day really good win for Francis Tiafo. he had lost to quarantine Mute a couple of weeks ago on clay. This instance, he beats Mute 3-2 and two on the hard courts. He continues to play well and, again, work his way back towards the top 50, I believe, for Francis Tiafo now with this win in the live rankings. He is back. Is he inside the top 50? No, he can't be back inside the top 50 yet. Yep, he's at number 64 in the live rankings with a victory if he advances to the quarterfinals here this week. Uh, it's tough because, again, with the rankings... I think he's really got to win uh, in order to do. Uh, he's really got to win in order to get back this tournament in order to get back into the top fifty because of all the points being locked. But you know he has established himself back in the top seventy-five. He's going to start out the next season playing two fifty events instead of playing challengers. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because we've seen the level he's displayed in the challengers, the level of quality of player in those challenger events. But from a points perspective, you want to be playing the two fifties as opposed to the challengers because that's where the points are. So great for him. On a side note for Tommy Paul, he is up to a new career high of number 57 with a win tomorrow. He'll get up to number 55, and he does not need to win this event to enter the top 50. So I guess we'll be on Tommy Paul entering the top 50 watch here on this podcast all week long. The other two winners, Fernando Verdasco, 4-6 and six over James Duckworth. Radu Elbot, 4-6, 6-4, 6-4 six, six, four, six, four, over wildcard Dimitri Popko. In terms of the action we have on the board today in Nur Sultan. It should be a really fun day three, Tuesday of matches. Vesley Sandgren, Jerasima versus Harris. That'll be some big hitting. Rusevori versus Skatov. Sapi versus Karatsev. Sigita versus Demir Zumher. All that action, of course, we will discuss on tomorrow's podcast. And again, we have yet to see top-seeded Benoit Pair. That's an oxymoron. Uh, number two-seeded Miomir Kasmanovic. Number four-seed John Millman or number three seed uh, Adrian Manorino in action yet. I believe their tournaments will kick off tomorrow on Wednesday. So we'll talk about that a little bit down the road. Those are the 250 and 500 level matches in terms of the challengers we've got this week. Two really fun ones in both, hum- in both I believe, Germany and Spain. Hamburg, to be specific, for the German one. Uh, for those of you who are curious, I believe Marbella uh, in Spain is where challenger number two is. But in terms of the action we saw yesterday, we did see a bunch of top seeds in play. Number one seeded Camille Matrasek, Number two seed Taro Daniel. Six seeded Henry Laxon. And seven seed Nikola Milio. All advancing with victories for Laxon and 6-3-3-6-6-4 over former Ohio State All-American Mikhail Torpegard. That match was a battle, folks. Very much worth going to livestream.com slash ATP to go watch the replay. Really good win for former Clemson standout Yannick Maiden. He knocks off Kimmer Copenhagen, 6-love, six 6-1. Six Max Martyrer knocking off former UCLA All-American Maxime Cressy, 4-4. Four four. Ofner, 6-2 over Dustin Brown. And then our upset on the day. Lucky loser Hugo Gaston. 7-5-4-1 retirement victory over number 5 seeded Sumit Nagal. Uh, it sets up a really fun Tuesday again at this event. We have other seeds taking uh, getting their action started. Number 3 seed J.J. Wolf going to take on 
Matthias Bockinger. You've got Cedric Steeb versus Philip Horansky, a Kamka Gunaswaran battle, Roman Sefilian versus Stefano Napolitano, and then, you know, some Torpegar J.J. Wolf doubles action. They're going to take on the all-French duo of Hugo Gaston and former Texas A&M All-American Arthur Rinderneck. Of course, you've also got a couple of, uh, I see former Cal standout Andre Gorenson. I see Jan Zielinski in the draw. Again, folks, um, if you're looking for some ITA action here during this fall, look no further than the Challenger and ITF events, uh, some ITA action in the Challenger and ITF events because these college players are going on. You know, Borna Gojo, I didn't mention him. He was a semifinalist last week. He's in action today. Uh, so lots of college tennis, former college tennis stars littered across the professional tennis action for you college tennis fans out there. In terms of the action in Spain, oh, who's the first name I see? Blas Rolla, another former Ohio State standout. Uh, he, uh, in yesterday, knocked off Maxime Janvier in three sets. In terms of the seeds, we had mostly upsets on the day. Pedro Martinez-Portero, a guy you know we've talked about quite a bit here on this podcast. The number two seed was a 2-1 and one victor, but the other seeds knocked off today. Number five seed, Andre Martin, 7-6 in the third loss to Jao Dominguez. Number seven seed, Pedro Sosa, 3-4 and four loss to Alexander. Andre Muller, and then number eight seed, Josef Kavalik, a three and five loss to Jay Clark. Worth noting, Holger Rune, one of the very talented young uh, men on tour, the Danish wild card here this week, gets his first set victory at the challenger level, but ultimately falls to Ben Shatri, one six six four six four. Zapata Morales, six love, three love victory over Tommy Robredo. Robredo retiring at that point. Uh, but of course, again, should be a fun Tuesday of action as we've got number one seeded for Federico Coria in action young Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz the 17 year old looking to continue his success at the challenger level you've got Daniel Galan who of course made the big run at the French Open Carlos Taberner, Haumi Munar Roberto Carbea Thabania all in action should be a really fun week of challenger events and so of course we will be back throughout the week to discuss all of them if you missed anything of anything from last weekend's championship weekend and what a fun weekend it was. Titles from Ugo Umber, Arena Sabalenka, Alex Virov, and more. Go check out the mini break podcast I did with Jamie McDonald, recapping all of the action. If you would like to hear from any of the stars in Ostrava, I had the chance to speak with Arena Sabalenka, Victoria Azarenka, Maria Sakari, Elisa Mertens, uh, Jennifer Brady, and more. You can find all of those conversations on our Cracked Interviews podcast. And of course, if you want to hear our picks for each and every day's matches, be sure to go check out the great. Shot podcast. Wherever you listen to your shows, we do ask please like, rate, subscribe, review, share them with your friends. Let us know your thoughts as well. Uh, what are the topics you want to hear as we head towards the offseason? We are starting to map out what we're going to be talking about, what we think the biggest storylines will be heading into 21. If you want to share your thoughts, please feel free to reach out to us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the f- of an end job they do day in, day out. Shout out, of course, as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code Cracked15. With that in mind, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.